0: On this episode of Twip Weddings, it's all about albums with Melissa Jill. This week, special guest Melissa Jill joins us to talk about albums. How to choose them, how to sell them, and how to design them for clients. Plus, tips for writing an effective About Me section for your website, and our picks of the week. All this and more on Twip Weddings. Well, welcome back to another episode of Twip Weddings. Uh, once again, my name is Bruce Clark, and I'm joined in the co-host chair this week by Mr. Brian Capparici, and we have a special guest this week. So we've put away the pizza boxes, and we've gotten out of our sweatpants uh, because we've got a special guest, a uh, wedding photographer extraordinaire, and one of the nicest people I've ever met, uh, is Melissa Jill. Welcome, Aww,
1: everybody. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Happy to have you on the show. Now, normally Robert Evans is on the show with us as well, but he's—we're not sure—he's lost in Google Hangout land somewhere. So we're hoping he's going to be able to to get in here uh, and join us shortly. But we didn't want to tie up everybody's time for too long this morning, so we're gonna we're gonna move ahead. So Melissa, for those maybe who aren't um, familiar with you or or your work, um, I've been a big fan of your work for quite a number of years, and uh, proud to say that I was the first male to attend one of your uh, MJ two-day workshops.
1: That's true. Huge claim to fame for you.
0: Yeah, well, you're the first female that we've had on Twip Weddings. So.
1: Oh, wow. Returning the favor.
0: Returning the favor. So, <laughs> But tell us a little bit about uh, who is Melissa Jill? and.
1: Well, I am a Phoenix-based wedding photographer. I've been in business coming up on 12 years now, and I specialize in weddings. Um, I do a little bit of portraiture as a result of doing weddings, as we all know that can happen. Um, and I, you know, I really love what I do. I also have gotten into, you know, teaching workshops and doing some coaching one-on-one and developing some products and services for photographers to help them succeed. So I'm really passionate about business. I think, you know, business and photography are two sides of the same coin. And in order to succeed, we we have to really um, hone in on both, both sides of that coin. So I love... Um, you know, consistently improving my photography and also um, talking about business with other photographers and and helping us to to succeed and, and make our businesses more profitable and efficient.
0: Well, that's fantastic. Well, that's exactly kind of what this show is is about. I mean, we're covering all things related to wedding photography, but obviously the business, you know, aspect of it is a huge component. Um, and that's also one of the reasons we have Mr. Brian Caparici on the show, because he is the business expert guru,
2: yeah, Home of Business is okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so Brian, what's new in your world? What have you been up to? Oh, what's new? Um, I sort of coined this time of the year as like this is convention season, it's workshop season, and so what comes along with that is you know what I call interview season. So you know, I'm uh, depending on when this episode goes live, I'm I'm up at Inspire Photo Retreats. I'm speaking at WPPI. We've got Shutterfest. Uh, Canada Photo Convention just announced. I'm speaking there in October. So with all that comes. All the media and the interviews and the sort of promotion of that that goes along with it. So I'm keeping busy with that stuff right now. Hey, awesome. Good yeah. stuff. We're all going to be a WPPI. What's that? We're all going to be a WPPI this yes. year. Exciting. Nice. What about you?
0: What's up with you? Um, I, well, I've been been busy. This uh, We're recording this a little early, but we just sort of launched uh, Twip Weddings this week. So I you know, I can't claim to know anything about birthing a child, but I'm <laughs> gonna suspect it's something along those lines. There's a lot of a lot of work and kind of in the back end and getting things all together but um so it was exciting getting the show finally launched and live and on air, so that's been a lot of fun just. You know, putting the work in to get, to get it out um, and then uh, tonight I'm getting ready to shoot uh, a launch party for a local uh, wedding magazine here uh, oh, cool. they're launching their spring summer issue uh, and I'm going to photograph the kickoff event so I've been trying to do my Melissa will be proud of me, I've learned from her to do my networking more with vendors and uh, getting involved so that's led to some good opportunities so right on. so that's what's new in my world so um. This week we're we're gonna we're gonna dig into our topic here in a little bit, which is which is albums, and that's one of the reasons that I really wanted to bring Melissa on the show is uh, you know that's kind of her in her right in her wheelhouse. So we're gonna talk and dig into albums. But um, before we get to that, we're gonna do our uh, first couple of usual segments, and our first uh, segment is our picks of the week segment. So I'm going to let ladies first. Uh, Melissa, I'm going to let you go ahead and give us your pick. Now, your pick can be anything as long as it's photography kind of related. It could be business. It could be you know, gear. It could be website. What have you got for us?
1: Well, I wanted to share um, probably a lot of people are already familiar with this, but um, I just started using it in the last couple years. It's called – it's an app called, uh, mile IQ, and it's a great tool for tracking your business mileage so that you can turn that over to your, um, CPA and, and, um, you know, get, uh, get your, uh, tax credit for your mileage for your business mileage. So it's super easy. You just, um, it is, you get 40 free, um, Drives per month, so you could do up to forty drives per month. And then, if you want unlimited numbers of drives, you have to pay either I think it's six dollars a month or sixty dollars for the full year. And but there's so much that comes along with it. You get you know reports at the end of the of the year and that type of thing. And basically, you just let it run on your phone in the background, and it you never have to push anything when you're driving. It just it it, um, it gets the information from your phone about um, where you've driven. And then every once in a while you just go through and you swipe one way for business, one way for personal. Um, and that's the way that you like categorize your drives. So super, super simple. And um, it's been really effective for me.
0: That's awesome. I'm going to download that right now (laughs)
1: because
0: I've yet to come up with a good system for keeping track of that. So that is fantastic.
2: Good pick. All right. Mr. Uh, Capricci, what is your pick this week? Yes. So we're talking about wedding albums today, and I think a big part of why a lot of photographers um, either don't offer wedding albums or don't do it effectively or fall into that sort of deadly camp of making their clients wait for six months, eight months, a year, two years, three years, four years to get their wedding albums because we can't track the workflow of it effectively. And there's, I mean, there's so many... I mean, you know, there's so many to-do list management softwares you could use. There's pen and paper. There's all these ways that you could do it. One of the ways that I've found to be most effective for being able to stay on top of tracking workflow for your clients, and more specifically the album, is to do some kind of workflow chart. And there's all kinds of cool things you can buy online. One that I particularly love is from Design Aglow. But something that we got this past week, actually, so it's really new for us here in the studio, is a giant whiteboard for the studio. And, uh, you know, you, I mean, you could spend hundreds and thousands of dollars on It's actually a four-foot by eight-foot whiteboard. Uh, and you could spend a lot of money on those if you buy them just by itself. But I kind of found this little DIY hack for how to do one yourself on the cheap. And it's actually this uh, – it's called Tile Board that you get from Home Depot. And it's basically made for a shower. But you can use it as a whiteboard so you can write on it and erase it. And it's like $12 for the four-by-eight sheet. And you just hang it up with a few screws and you're good to go. So if photographers are looking for a better way to track their client workflow and be able to stay on top of things, grab something like this for 12 bucks, get some whiteboard tape so that you can make the lines on there, make a new line for every client, and then sort of horizontally put all the steps that you have in your wedding album workflow and cross them off as you go through them. So you have one sort of good place to track all that and you can always kind of stay on top of it. So that's my pick of the week. Either grab something from design aglow or if you want to go, on the cheap and make something yourself for twelve bucks, you can grab this thrifty board from Home Depot uh, and go from there. And and if you're in Canada, because I'm in Canada and we actually don't have the thrifty board at Home Depot, that's where they have it uh, in the U.S. And I gave you a link, Bruce, for the show notes. I had to go to a local uh, bath shop and just get shower board. It's the exact same stuff. It's like a melamine, um, but we didn't have it at Home Depot in Canada, so you can get it at a bath shop if you're in Canada. Oh, fantastic.
1: Yeah. Now, kind of could I just so write fun. on my
2: shower? Can you write in your shower? Yeah, I guess you probably, probably could, workflow. but it would get wiped off every time you showered, so it wouldn't really be the most effective way of keeping yeah. on top of it every day. And then if you had anybody working in your studio, they'd have to go into your shower in order to know where you're at with the client uh, workflow. So I don't know if that would be you know, the most effective way of yeah, tracking it, but you could, could, I guess. I
0: was trying to multitask.
2: I was like, how could I multitask and get work done while I'm... Shower. Well, you know, and that's actually an interesting thing because I don't know about you guys, but for me in my business and just in my life, I get all of my good ideas in the shower. And <laughs> so, like, I, I would love to have, and in fact, I think they make them for entrepreneurs because that's what we're like is, you know, we always have these, these like big ideas in the shower. I'd love to have a whiteboard in there with like an eraser that I can, or a marker that I can just write on that won't erase and that way I can kind of keep track of it. Because otherwise, I sound like a crazy person. I get an idea in the shower, in the beginning of my shower, and for the next 10 minutes, I say out loud the idea so I don't forget it. And when I get out of the shower, I write it down. So if there was a way for me just to write it in the shower, that would be really effective.
0: There you go. Invention. There you go. You can come up <laughs> with it. I like it. Awesome. So my pick this week is a piece of gear. And Melissa, I think you, have, you own these as well. I'm going to show them for those who are watching on the video. But these are the Hold Fast Straps. So this is the Hold Fast uh, Moneymaker. It's a camera strap system um, and it lets you hold uh, two cameras on your body. They're very fashionable. Um, mine is in a lovely uh, water buffalo leather. Um, they're really, really comfortable. I've had a number of other camera straps before. I've had the Black Rapid straps and some of the others. And I just found these ones to be uh, the most comfortable ones that I've ever had, they're a little bit more expensive, um, but they're well worth the money, and they're also, I find, a bit of a conversation starter, I don't know, Melissa, if you encounter this at all, but do you have a lot of people coming up to you and saying, oh, those are really cool straps, you look like a gunslinger, or where did you get those straps, do you find that with them?
1: Absolutely, and people tend to take me a lot more seriously, too, <laughs> yeah,
0: they're like, Cameras like,
1: oh, she's, uh...
0: <laughs> <Means business.
1: laughs> she needs she business, yeah,
0: yeah. So I've had them now for about a year and a half, and uh, they're, they're really, really good. So quite happy with that. So we'll put a link in the show notes on where to go find those. Um, they come in a bunch of different uh, leather materials. So you can get them in, like, water buffalo and, I don't know, all kinds of other materials. But they're really, really uh, awesome camera straps. So Cool. All right, so our next, uh, our next segment is our listener question segment, and each week we choose a listener question to answer on the show, and um, this week's question that's not from you, Melissa, right? It's from a d- different Melissa, and I thought this would be an, an excellent question, uh, maybe for Melissa to, to field first. Um, so Melissa is trying to write about her, she's trying to write her about me section on her blog. And she's totally coming up blank. Everything I write sounds either really corny or really lame. Does anyone have some good tips? And I want to throw this over to Melissa first because I think one of the things that, and how I first discovered you was so, sort of through your blog and kind of how you, I really liked how you injected yourself and your personality into your, into your blog and into your branding. So maybe do you want to tackle this question for another Melissa that's trying to not write cheesy content for her about me section? <laughs>
1: Well, first, let me say that I think writing the bio for your website is probably like the hardest thing you'll ever do as a photographer. <laughs> it's really, really tough. And um, so it means, you know, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some effort. It's not going to be something you're just going to be able to whip up. Um, so I definitely feel your pain, Melissa. I, I, I can relate. It's tough. You know, we're not writers. Um, but I guess what I would suggest is, you know, trying to think of a way to tell a story, people are really drawn in by story. And um, so rather than, you know, a lot of, a lot of newer photographers, when I look at their website, they kind of have like a resume um, for their bio where they're talking about, you know, what they've done and how they're cool. And it's kind of like they're trying to convince you to hire them. And that is not very effective. I think the more effective, you know, route is to just really try and um, connect with people try and focus on connecting with people on a human level and not as like I'm this photographer professional business person but more like I'm a human who loves photography but we can relate on other levels and so think about how to tell your story in a way that gets who you are as a person out there and not just as you know a, a professional photographer with a list of credentials. Um and I, I know that probably doesn't help with like the writing you know uh, tone and the voice that you're trying to come up with, but just being genuine and and putting yourself out there, I think that's the best way to get um, get people to connect with you and and to respond to you and your and your work.
2: Awesome good good advice, Brian, anything to add to that? Um, yeah, I mean I, we probably could have a whole episode just on this topic Um so I, I'm actually in the process of, of redoing this part of my website um, very intentionally because I think that a lot of photographers do struggle with this, and I'm actually documenting the process of what we're doing to redo this for ourselves so that we can help other photographers with it. But he, here's my, my main thought. I think a lot of photographers look at this as it needing to be a bio, and I think you know, it, it's an about page. And I think that when you approach it that way, you're actually starting off kind of in the wrong direction because i really feel like who you are and what you do and how you do it and why you do it should be integrated in everything on your website it shouldn't just be left to like one little bio section on your website because here's a point to really consider as much as we like to think that people you know love us and there's all these things about us when a bride goes to our website they want to know what they're going to get out of it and what the benefit is to them and the chances of somebody clicking on a page that's called about is pretty slim to none because it's got this sort of, we were, we already have our mind made up about what the about page really means. And so I, I think that photographers shouldn't reserve showing off their personality and what they do and the benefit of working with them and why they do what they do and their philosophy. And they shouldn't reserve all that stuff for just an about page. And so instead I would sort of encourage Melissa and every photographer listening to kind of re reframe how they build their website and how that's actually presented. And I think that you can present those little things about you and, like Melissa said, with stories in many different areas on your website. So you should talk about your style and your approach and what it's like to work with you and your experience and all this, but then frame it in stories. Frame it with proof, with social proof, with testimonials, with things like that, and that way you get more about who you are, what you do, and why you do what you do in more than just a page that's your about page. Um, so I know that's kind of like bigger picture things. In terms of like actual specifics and tactics in how you could write that, first of all, I think a lot of photographers struggle with copywriting, and so certainly doing some kind of copywriting course or reading a copywriting book may not be a bad thing. Uh, if you're looking for something really specific, uh, there's a website called, I think it's called copyhackers.com, and the writer over there her name is Joanna and she writes some amazing ebooks on how to be an effective communicator on the web and I think that would be a good place to start but as a good sort of sum up of all of this I would say instead of thinking like Melissa said about you know like this is a list of my credentials this is a list of my awards this is a list of you know why I'm the best photographer in the local area think instead and, and write this down on a piece of paper, think what are the benefits, like what, what, what do you uniquely bring to the table, what do you uniquely do for your clients, why are you the, the better choice for some people over other photographers, and then try and find a way to translate that into what's the benefit of that to your client. So for example, if you're an amazing uh, off-camera flash shooter, and that's something that really makes you different, so write that down, say I, I'm great at off-camera flash, And here's what that means to my client. And so maybe that means that that you're going to get more dynamic imagery or that you can work in any lighting situation regardless of what you're given because you can bring that to the table. Or you can get something really different or you can get shots that the other guests couldn't get or whatever that is figure out what that is that you bring to the table that's different and unique and then communicate that as opposed to saying I'm graded off-camera flash. And I think when you kind of frame it that way as like a benefit as opposed to this is me and this is a feature of working with me, I think it will make that conversation a lot easier to kind of get going. So I know it's kind of a long answer to a short question, but I really think that it's like a mindset shift that we have to really be okay with going through before we start writing that quote-unquote about page. And again, I would sort of encourage Melissa and everyone – to maybe not look at it as just an about page, but instead try and figure out how can you intertwine your personality into every part of your website.
0: Awesome. Some great tips. Some great advice there. Some good nuggets. So, yeah, again, we could probably do a whole topic and show just around, you know, (laughs) some of those things we talked about too. So, fantastic. Well, hopefully that helps... The other Melissa that asked the question. Um, Of course, we want to hear from you guys, so if you have a question for us, um, you can head on over to the thisweekinphoto.com site and hit the weddings section, and you can leave your questions or comments uh, on the blog post for this episode. Um, Also, you can also email us. We have an email address set up. It's twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com. Or if you send out a tweet, just use the hashtag twipwed, And we'll keep our eyes peeled for those as well. So lots of ways to get in touch with us. We really want to get your questions and help uh, solve some of your problems or some of your challenges. Okay, so I want to dig into today's uh, topic. And uh, this week we want to really talk about albums. So on our last show we talked about um, pricing your products and services. And as part of that discussion we talked a little bit about uh, albums. We didn't really dig into albums too deeply. So this week we want to spend some time um, talking about albums and uh, how you go about selling them to your clients, and how you include them in your product offerings. So that's one of the reasons we've got Melissa on the show today, because that's kind of right up her alley. So let us I want to start the discussion with you, Melissa. Um, first, I think one of the things a lot of particularly newer photographers maybe struggle a little bit with is that conversation with the client around... You know what is the importance of an, an album to to the couple? A lot of couples these days are you know are on tighter budgets, um, and they quite often have the impression that you know a wedding album is a big luxurious expense. Um, so how do you go about? How do you start the conversation with with a client to get them to you know to buy into the importance of an album, particularly in this digital age? Everybody wants digital,s and they just want to throw them up on Facebook. But how do you get that conversation started around <clears throat> as an heirloom?
1: Yeah, great question. Um I think you're right I mean a lot of photograph a lot of clients do want just the the digital high-res images but what i found is at a certain price point once you're charging a certain amount um, and I think it probably varies in different markets for us it's like the three to four thousand uh, dollar kind of budget starting range um, for photography Cl- clients do start shifting to less of a do-it-yourself mindset and more of a, I want something custom and one of a kind. And so um, that's something to keep in mind when you are trying to raise raise your prices and reach a high-end market. I think um, it's definitely easier to sell albums at a higher-end price point. Um, You can still do it um, at the lower price point, but you have to be very strategic. Um, I would say go in with a mindset that... Uh, your clients want an album. I would assume that they want one, and I would, I would kind of um, formulate all of my package and pricing information around that assumption. So I would include a, an album in every package, you know. And if you're a lower, if you start at a lower price, um, maybe just find a, an album that is um, more cost effective for you to be able to include it in a lower price package. Um, but put one every, in every package and what that communicates to your client is this is something you want and this is just a given. Everybody needs a wedding album, you know? And then, um, when you meet with them, show them, you know, show them something they can't live without. Um, I think a lot of times, uh, they, if, if they don't see it, they make assumptions about what it is. You know, it's like their mother's <laughs> wedding album or something, but if you show them something really Current and beautiful and something they can't live without, all of a sudden their priorities will shift. And then um, my final thought is just really um, to, in your verbiage, in your language, when you're talking about albums on your website, which I would include something on your website about albums. Um, and then in your initial client meeting, when you're meeting with them, talk about the album as their first family heirloom. And talk about how you know this is that first thing that you're going to have as a couple to pass down to the generations to come to really tell the story of your love. And um, if you talk about it like that, you know, and the importance of it, um, a lot of times their, their mindset will shift.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I find, um, yeah, that's the reaction we get from our couples when they come in and they look at the albums and the first thing they say is, oh, wow, this isn't what I... Pictured an album to be. They had an image of, like you say, their their parents, or their grandparents' album with, like you know, the little corners and the and the photograph and you know the peel away, <laughs> the uh-huh. vinyl. Ride. And when they see it, then you know they get uh, particularly excited, you know, by it. Um, so that's a change we made in all of our packages um, probably two years ago was that every one of our packages includes an album, you know, starting with a fairly you know small a smaller album and then kind of in the bigger package it's a bigger you know bigger album and then they always have the option you know, if they want to upgrade or, or get a bigger yeah, album, you know, final time, but at least they're, they're starting with something. Cause I think, you know, it, it's sad that, you know, that sometimes the, you know, the only place that our work lives is on this, you know, digital realm, this digital world. And I saw a great um, photograph and it was a picture of like a five and a quarter inch old floppy disc in a frame. And it said, you know, what if this was all you had of your grandparents wedding album? Yeah. I... Uh, that was so perfect. Yeah. So Brian, what about you? What's your how do you approach that conversation with with couples? Do you include albums in all of your packages or is it something
2: that you sell kind of after the fact or, or Yeah, no. Way? So so for me, like albums are are just a natural extension of what we do as as a wedding photographer. And I think that one of the biggest shifts that we have to make and consider as photographers is that if we want our clients to to get an album, we really have to wholeheartedly be believing that wedding albums are you know, the heirloom that we say that they are. Um, and, and if we if we do believe it, then that confidence will sort of be portrayed in our conversations with our clients. I think here's something to really consider that a lot of photographers don't sometimes think about. Every bride wants a wedding album. Like, I mean, a wedding album is so ingrained in the tradition of a wedding that it's almost assumed that, that you're going you're to have an album. Here's the thing that photographers don't consider, though, is that you have to convince them why they should get your wedding album versus trying to make something themselves yeah. uh, let 's be honest. I mean the consumer options today are decent like they 're nowhere close to what we can do. The designs are nowhere close to what we can do they don 't have the same vision that we have for their wedding album, but the the printing options are there, and so we just have to be able to build up the value for what it is that we offer and how we do wedding albums to be uh, different and better and so much greater than what they can do themselves so that they can get a wedding album from us instead of doing one themselves. And so I think that's like a really, really good fundamental shift for us to consider is that every bride, when they walk in our studio, they want a wedding album. We just have to get them on board with us doing that wedding album for them. And so that then gets into the selling and the presenting and the marketing and all that of wedding albums. But I think that if you can just like fundamentally – Make wedding albums a big part of your process in every point of the conversation. Like, I know something that we do is we are in our studio, we're always talking about the wedding album. Like, we're talking about it on our website, in our first communication, at the meet and greet. I'm like showing them as many albums as I can. I'm using sample albums as a sales tool. We're constantly bringing it up in conversation. I'm even talking about their album the day of their wedding. So it's like I bring it up so much to my brides and grooms that there's almost no question in their mind that the wedding album is just the next step. Um, it also does help that I include it in, you know, 90% of our packages, so it's it's already assumed that they're going to be getting it. So that's sort of like in terms of where I'd start off with that conversation. Okay.
0: So you mentioned a uh, good point. That's actually a good segue into the, in the next question that I had is how do you go about choosing the album company that you're going to work with and what are some of the big differences between the album companies that professional photographers can work with versus, say, the Shutterflies and the Blurbs and the, the, some of the, you know, more of the retail type, um, options that you know Joe Public has access to. Melissa, I want to start with you. How do you go about picking the album company? How did you pick your album company?
1: Well, um, <clears throat> I had no idea, you know where to start. It's overwhelming. There's like hundreds of album companies out there. and um, it's really hard to differentiate them when you're starting out. And so um, my I, my top two tips for that, and what I did was, <clears throat> excuse me, I I asked my photographer friends, who are a little bit further along than me, um, who they work with and what they liked about their company um, that they have choice. And, you know, that really helped me to get a leg up on um, who who was good, who was doing good customer service, who had good quality products. And then the other thing is going to some type of trade show or convention like WPPI. Um, that's coming up, and that's a great resource because you could walk around you know, a huge trade show floor and touch and feel and experience, um, you know, 40, 50 different album companies all in the same place. That way you can, you know, really hone in on the look and the feel of the product that you want, as well as talk to some of the, some of the representatives from those companies. Um, the top two things that I would look for in an album company are quality of the product. Um, you definitely want to get a really good quality product for your client and something that's going to last. And the second thing that sometimes gets overlooked is um, really good customer service. Um, you know, the, the album production process can be such a headache, um, but if you have a great uh, company that'll walk you through it and help you through those bumps, as you're kind of learning their system, um, that's really invaluable.
0: Awesome, Brian. What about you? How do you? What are some of the big differences that you see between, say, professional albums that you know professional photographers have access to versus, again, like you say, the, the shutterflies and the blurbs and, and some of those
2: options that Joe Public has access to. Okay, so I, I might be a little polarizing in saying this, but oh, okay. I, 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 re- I really want you know photographers... This is it's an exercise that we went through, actually, a couple years ago in our studio. I wonder if photographers have ever actually printed something from a Shutterfly or a Blurb. Um, and, and if not, I, I would encourage the photographers to go and spend the 30 bucks or the 50 bucks and get one done so that you can look at it and see it. Um, the quality to our distinguished eyes and our viewpoint... Is is doesn't even touch what we can do from like a, a company like you know Fineo or these beautiful books from Vision Art or these amazing companies that we have access to as photographers. But the question is that unless you can properly articulate that to your clients, they're not of the uh, discerning nature that we are to be able to figure that out on their own. And so that's where I say, I really do think that as much as having sample albums is amazing as photographers, I mean, that's the first step in being able to show the quality of these albums. You can imagine that if you were just doing a phone conversation with a bride and you said, oh, we have these beautiful albums with thick pages and nice leather covers, they'd be like, oh yeah, I can get that from Costco. You know, it's like they don't, they don't draw that parallel to it because they're not living and breathing it like we are. And so I think... Being able to communicate it is is one thing, but also being able to show it is something else. Um, And and I think, you know like I said at the beginning of this, is, is having that sample blur book in front of you so that you can actually see the difference between the two of them is a really good exercise for photographers in order to figure out what is it that makes these albums different. Uh, in terms of figuring out the company, like I, I echo 100% what Melissa said. I think it's so overwhelming for photographers to choose. And so what I did my first year going to WPPI was in 2007, I believe, or 2006 – and my sole purpose there was to go and like scour the trade show floor and find my album company. I've been with Fineo ever since then, and I haven't looked back. And I think that's the best thing you can do is because when you're there, you can touch it, feel it, smell it if you want, I guess, but mm-hmm. also get to know the people that work at the company so you can build a deeper relationship there
0: yeah absolutely I think yeah getting getting out there and getting get your hands and everything I know with the album company that we use, they have like a bazillion different options mm-hmm. that you can choose from, and I, you know unfortunately, I don't have deep enough pockets to order every single combination and variation that they that they possibly offer um, but it's nice to still go and see like they've and they, they're constantly adding new things to their product lines as well. It's not like these album companies are static that once you've made the choice, that that's all you're ever going to have you know, forever. Um, they're always changing. They're getting new technology. They're getting you know new materials and different things to work with. So it's always good to revisit that every once in a while, too, and say, like, what do they have that's new? Maybe there are, you know, some of my stuff isn't looking sort of stale and dated. You want it to be kind of current and, and a little bit not too trendy. We try to stay away from stuff that's too trendy. Um, but certainly stuff, you want stuff that's current. You don't want them to look at your sample albums and go, ooh, that looks like my, my mom's album or my grandmother's album, right? So you want it to be current as well. So I want to talk about options. And, Melissa, I, I read a great thing on your blog about choosing brick.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, you know I know where I'm
0: going with this, right? I do,
1: yeah. Um, you know, we're faced with, once you pick your album company, then you have to pick the cover, the paper, the, you know, every, there's like a million different options about how to put together this final album. And I think, you know, we as photographers can get super excited about albums and we love all the different options and, um, we could show all of those to our client, but in reality, I think that's a disservice to our client. And I learned this myself through experience with being, um, a customer myself. I was a few years ago, moved into this house and, um, was doing some remodeling and, you know, remodeling, I mean, if you've ever been through it, it's kind of like planning a wedding. There's like so many choices. It's stressful. You're spending a lot of money and you are going to live with the consequences for a long time. (laughs) And so I was, you know, in this mode of just wanting to get things done making those choices, moving forward with my life. And, um, I have a fireplace hearth that I was replacing the tile on, and I just wanted to get – I live in like a 1950s brick ranch house, and I just wanted to get some brick for that fireplace hearth um, that felt like it could have been, you know, original to the house. And so just some type of basic red brick, right? Um, So I I found out that I had a brick store here in my neighborhood. I went one day with my mom, and I was thinking, okay – you know, 10, 20 minutes, we'll go in, I'll pick the brick, you know, one less thing on my list. And, uh, we went in there. It wasn't a very big shop. Um, you know, maybe the size of, of this room. And, uh, there was one store manager in there. We had the place to ourselves was super friendly. Um, you know, I introduced myself, shared what my project was and, um, he started showing me options. And as I was looking, you know, the whole store was covered by one by one foot, um, brick samples. And so I'm looking through and trying to figure out what I want. I'm, I'm kind of continuing to talk to him and share with him what I'm looking for and what I need. Um, and rather than kind of helping me hone in on what that, you know, solution was for me, he kind of kept layering on the options. And I mean, this guy loved brick you know he was beat out on brick and I love how excited he was about it but I didn't share that excitement I just wanted to find the brick for my fireplace and so I just kept getting more and more overwhelmed and I ended up walking out of a store without purchasing anything when I fully expected to go in there and give them money that day and um, you know the light bulb kind of went on for me after that that that's Similar to what we could do with albums, you know, and with our product offerings, is we can get so excited and give them a million options and all the options that are out there, but that really ends up putting a stumbling block in our clients' um, way for making a choice. Um, and what they're really seeking from us as experts is help to check one more thing off their list. Um, and so I did end up going back. A few days later, I kind of put my blinders on, didn't talk to that guy, (laughs) and just picked a brick, and I'm very thrilled with it, but um, I just learned a lot from that experience, and so when it comes to albums, even though, you know, I have an album company that offers me, you know, five different paper types and 30 different cover options, and, um, you know, the, the list goes on. Um, different types of coding and it's overwhelming. I don't need to feel compelled to pass all of those options on to my clients. Uh, What I do is I pick um, one or two different albums and I try and make them different enough that people aren't kind of looking at them like, oh, they're so similar, I don't know. I try and make them different enough that people can point to one or the other and say, this is the one that I'm attracted to, sign me up. And they get that size album. They get, you know, I've got, whether it's vertical, horizontal, square, that's the size they get, the one size that the sample is shown in. Um, I show the one cover option and, you know, the one paper type. And then they don't really know all of the other things that they could have to choose from, but it doesn't matter because they're happy with what is sitting in front of them. And they can point to that and say, that's what I want. It's done. And, and they're thrilled.
0: So for those options, when you give them the two options, is that the same album company that you're working with? Or are you choosing two different album companies?
1: I have two different album companies. I use graphie studio and Queensberry and they're very different albums. Um, and they're they're very different price points as well. Graphy's a little bit more medium range. Queensberry's high end. For Queensberry, I have an album that's just really like one of a kind. It's called a duo album. It's got a custom matte uh, openings as well as some flush mount images that go to the edges of the page. And it's got this very, very high end feel. And that album I charged $3,000 for. So it's not something that everybody can purchase. But it definitely appeals more to a high-end client, whereas the Graffiti album has a metal cover. um, It's a little bit more of an album that might appeal to the masses, but it's also more affordable. Um, So I have two very different options, and um, typically clients gravitate to one or the other.
0: So you've got the Dell and the MacBook Pro. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> great analogy <laughs>
0: awesome, Brian how about you? you you said you mentioned you work with Fineo yeah. um, how do you handle, the? because I imagine I'm not as familiar with Fineo, I also use Graphy like, like Melissa um, I'm not as familiar with all the options but do you offer all the options that Fineo offers or have you narrowed it down to kind of what you think your client would like and...
2: I think my clients would probably get like a headache if I offered all the options that Fineo has because you know, Fineo, like many of the companies, they—I mean—they want to serve us as photographers and give us as many choices to narrow down something that fits our brand and and who we are as a photographer and what we want to offer our clients. And so they have to give us a lot of choices. But you know, again, I I echo what Melissa says, and that you know, the idea of there's a sort of saying called the um, paralysis by analysis, where if you give people too much choice, like Melissa with the brick story we're going to shut down, you know? I mean, the, the last thing that I want to give a client when they're trying to pick out their album is like this Chinese fold-out takeout menu of like, you know, hundreds of options. It's going to it's gonna overwhelm them. Um, and, and, and I also think that us as photographers, I think if we stop looking at ourselves as just purely service providers and look at ourselves um, as like consultants in a way where it's like, If we can sit down with a client and say, what are you looking for? What do you like? What's your style? What's the style of your home? What was your wedding like? I think that we should then be able to sort of take all the options that we have available kind of behind the scenes and then say, this is what I think is going to be best for you. What do you think? Um, and I think that's the best way to to ultimately make the process easy for our clients, because I think that that in and of itself is a big stumbling block why a lot of photographers don't effectively uh sell albums most of the time because they they overwhelm and they don't make it easy for the client to buy and choosing those those all those options is just one of the things that makes it really complicated there's other things like designing like proofing like everything else that goes along with it, but that's kind of the first stumbling block. And so what I do personally in, in my business is I actually only offer one size. I, I sort of have this personal belief that the horizontal wedding album is the way to go. I always do ten inches by fifteen inches. I only go with the one page type that I have through Finao, the one printing company that Fineo offers through, which I think is pro DPI. And then I've narrowed down the you know fifty or sixty Uh, cover choices that Fineo has, all the different leathers, and I've narrowed it down to like maybe 12. And they're just like the really simple 12, like, you know, do you want a brown, do you want a black, do you want a this, do you want like all these little earth tones, the colors that make sense for me and for my business and for the clients that I know that I'm going to have. And then if they want to go with a photo cover, again, with my particular company, Fineo, there's like 20 different options for photo covers. I could go with the plastic over front. I could go with the metal. I could go with the canvas wrap. I could go with this. I could go with that. I've just chosen the one that I like and that I think connects best with my clients. And if they want photo cover, that's the only option that I give them. So I've kind of taken that decision-making process and and made it as easy as I possibly can while still giving them choice to choose what the album looks like on the outside. Awesome. Good tips. So talk a little bit about samples. So
0: you, we all mentioned the importance of having samples in your studio to show your clients because that's the only way they're going to, I think, buy an album is if they can actually see and get their hands on it. Um, how often do you guys update your samples? And how do you, what do you put in the sample? Is it a full, complete wedding or is it more of a portfolio type that has multiple weddings in the, in the one book? Melissa, what, what do you do?
1: Um I update every few years, you know, whenever I have a new wedding that I just love or I feel like the old sample really no longer represents my best work. Um I mean it's definitely an expense, so I'm not upgrading it every year, but every 2-3 years is a good amount of time for me. Um and I've always gone with the one wedding philosophy, just having one wedding um in the sample to really show the client what they can expect, you know, and And to also keep with my kind of philosophy um, and brand of telling the story of the day. Um, You know, if it's kind of jumping around page to page between different weddings, it doesn't really tell a cohesive story. And so I really like um, how powerful an album can be with telling the story of one day.
0: Yeah, I think it's good because then the clients also get to see, like, this is how you tell a story of the day. Because anybody could probably put together something of, you know, their highlight shots, their highlight reel. it's right. the same thing on a, on a website, right? You can put your best work out on a website, but clients, I think, want to see a full wedding. They want to see how you're going to document, tell the story. So, I agree with you on that, the full weddings. Brian, what about you? What? Uh, how
2: often do you update your samples? Yeah. So I again feel like I just need to like get a yak back and repeat this. Like I, I echo what Melissa said as well in terms of uh, one wedding per album. I would actually almost layer another thought on top of that and I do this very intentionally, I'll explain why, but I actually will only print copies of my client's albums. So I actually don't design sample albums specifically to be a sample album. I will just print a copy of my of my client's albums. I do that for a number of reasons. Number one, um, it's kind of like proof, so that when I'm talking with a new client about it, I can I can be um, confident in saying to them, this is a copy of Mary and Jay's album that they have sitting in their home. So to that client, it instills confidence that many of my other clients get wedding albums. And it also um, is good in setting expectations. I mean, it sort of shows that client, this is what my other clients get, and so you can expect to get that same thing. A lot of the times, photographers will design a sample album to be completely different what their, than what their clients would actually want to have or would actually get. And so there's no wonder that we kind of leave our clients kind of hanging off the cliff because they didn't get what they expected to get. And so I I sort of subscribe to the idea again, like Melissa, of doing one wedding per album, and but also sort of extending that to do just uh, copies of my of my albums for my clients. Um, but but I think the uh, the other idea in doing that is that it also helps you save some time because you know if we're f- shooting fifteen twenty thirty weddings however many weddings we're shooting a year and let's just say that half of them get albums right right there in and of itself there's there's ten to fifteen sample albums that you could have and and I'm actually an advocate of having as many sample albums in your studio as possible um, I've certainly been been sort of poked fun at you know in the local community here because I I am quite involved locally. Of photographers saying that I have too many sample albums in my studio, but let me tell you, when someone when a client walks into my studio, there's no question in their mind that they're going to get an album because like, they, can't, they can't turn around or look in a direction without seeing an album. That is a good sort of mindset shift for them, but also it gives me flexibility in pulling out an album to show them that's appropriate for them when I'm talking with a bride and groom across the other side of the table. So if I'm photographing, or if I'm rather talking with a a client across the table, I know they're getting married at a vineyard, I can pull out a wedding album from a vineyard and show that to them. And so I'm talking directly to that client, showing them something that's very highly relevant for them and for their wedding. If I only had one sample album that was at a church, and I'm talking to someone that's getting married in a vineyard, they're going to have a hard time connecting with that wedding because it's not the same style of wedding that they're planning themselves. So the more relevant and specific and unique that I can be for every couple – the better that it's going to be in terms of a sales tool uh, in my business. And so that's why I'm an advocate for having as many samples as you possibly can, within your means, of course, because sample albums could run up your expenses. But that being said, I think that if you budget for sample albums, every single year I have a budget for sample albums, and so I'm always trying to get more sample albums in my studio for the reasons that I've talked about here. Yeah, that's some good
0: advice. And a lot of the album companies uh, typically offer us a uh, sample pricing. Usually mm-hmm. it's you know, half or 30% discount to get a sample album. It might have the word sample in it, but you know that's fine. It's going to be your sample album. I really like your advice of having multiple albums that show off different venues. Yeah. Um, that just gave me an idea of, of how to go about choosing which sample albums we're going to do next. Mm-hmm. Is Maybe base it a little bit around what are some of the most popular venues that we shoot in frequently And then if we have some sample albums, you know, we've got, there's about four or five locations in Edmonton that are fairly popular, and one of them we shot in like six times this year. So, you know, I want to make sure that we've got samples, and it's it's a fairly high-end location, so the client that we're getting at that location, we know they're going to spend some money because it's a fairly high-end place. So if we have some samples that show that venue off, there's a pretty good chance that when a client comes in to meet with us, they they might be at that venue so really kind of like you say can connect with them a little bit better if you have something to show them from that venue they can they can start to picture it a little bit so
2: another quick thought just to layer on top of that bruce because i i totally subscribe to that model um if you want to make albums a big part of your business, and I mean we've talked about this several times here already, uh, we, again, we have to believe in it ourselves, but we also have to make it a part of how we present and talk to people. A, a lot of the times when you've got someone in your studio and they're saying you know, – let's say they're getting married at whatever venue down the road, many photographers might go pull up their laptop and show them you know go on their blog and show them a set of images from that specific venue or from one of those vendors to show them something but what we're doing when we're doing that I mean of course we're helping and giving some inspiration but we're in doing that digitally we're reinforcing the fact that digital is a valid means of archiving and keeping and enjoying photography Whereas instead, if you make that part of like an album where you have albums from many different venues and you show those to the client, you're just reinforcing the fact that albums are the best way to preserve wedding photography. And so you're kind of reinforcing that brand that you're wanting to build sort of in and of itself. Um, I think that you can do sample albums like you're talking about, Bruce. The other thought that I did, and and we did this a couple years ago, you know, there's there's probably 20 venues here where we're, we're at that I photograph at often. And I want to have sample albums for every single one of them without going and spending $600 on a new sample album from Fineo for every single one of them. What I did is I actually chose a more economical option for all those, and I call them venue books. And so I have them in a separate area of my studio. They're thinner pages. They're more affordable. They're more economical. They're around $100 each. And I printed 20 of them. So I printed a venue book for all the popular venues that we photograph at during the year. And I don't bring those out when I'm talking about albums to the client, but instead I bring them out if I need to reference something specific to that venue, and each of those albums really nicely shows off that venue so I can, again, be talking very specific to the client that I'm sitting across the table from.
0: Nice. Good suggestion. Melissa, you you take that one step further, and you actually do vendor albums that you give to the different um, uh, venues. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I actually use Blurb. (laughs) To create press print books um, inexpensively, and just uh, for every wedding that I shoot at a venue, I'll, that I want to work at, I'll um, create a little seven by seven um, book with about eighty five to one hundred photos from that wedding. They'll tell the story of the whole day, but also really hone in on mo, you know, showing off that venue. Um, and so the idea is, you know, the cover page will have the vi- the venue name on it. My logo will be really small it's a tool that I want to give them to be able to show off their venue and market their, you know, their space to potential clients. Um, so I want it to be, you know, a tool that they want to pull out and use, um, to show off, um, every wedding that they've had there, you know, that I've shot.
0: Awesome. You're like
2: Oprah, you get an album and you get an album. and You get an album. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the, the cool thing about that too, like what I love that Melissa does is that if you're ordering these for the venue already, and if you're doing it through like a blurb, you can do duplicate copies probably pretty affordably. Mm-hmm. Um, just grab a copy for yourself, and that way, every album that you give out to another venue, keep one for yourself. So that if you're sitting with that client across That's the table, great. then you can you can give them or you can show them uh, those photos as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cool, love it. So uh, we get, we, don't to, we don't want to be conscious of everybody's time here, but I wanted to just quickly um, chat a bit about the the process. So the actual client interaction and how that kind of process works. So, um, Melissa, maybe talk us through a little bit about the design process, how that looks from from your end. And I also want to get into and in talking about tools for designing versus, say, outsourcing your album design, say, to a company. Like, I don't know, Align albums, maybe? I don't know. Is an option? <laughs> That's um, so, so how does that look from the design side? Do you design it fully and deliver it to the client, or do they have input? Do they get to pick the images? How does that look?
1: Great question, and I've learned everything through doing it the wrong way to begin with. So um, originally gave my client the choice to pick their images and just took forever. It was just, you know, couldn't get that back from the client. Albums were taking years. And when I realized I had epiphany that that's just too big of a job to ask our clients to do, um, to narrow down their images to a certain number without really knowing what the design is going to look like. And so we pre-design our albums. And we do it very quickly after the wedding. Um, So our typical workflow with with digital photography is shoot the wedding Saturday, blog Monday, some favorites, Wednesday, have an album design online for the client. And so we use our favorite images and, um, you know, the the images that we think will be ideal to tell the story of the day. And we lay that out um, beautifully. And it's so much easier for us to design it you know, with our favorite images and really present a cohesive design if we're given the freedom to do that. And we let our clients know up front that we're going to do this for them. We present it as a service to them and let them know, you know, this is really tough. It'll be much easier for you to look at the design, like an existing design, and make choices from there. And so we'll send them the design. We get all the proofs online by Saturday. Um, So between Wednesday and Saturday, we just say, you know, enjoy your design. We'll get back to you um, with instructions for how to proceed once all of your proofs are online, and then um, we we send those those instructions. And so they get two rounds of revisions to be able to swap out images make changes so that it's perfect for them. So the client, I mean, it's really the best of both worlds because you can present an ideal design to them, but it still gives your client freedom to make the album their own and make it something that they love and is perfect for them. And uh, so we include two rounds of revisions, and um, that's a good amount to be able to, you know, get all their changes made. And if they need additional rounds, we do charge $50 a round for that just to keep you know keep them honest and keep them focused when they're making those changes so that they're not just you know deciding to change everything every time that we send it to them. Um, So that's our schedule and works really well. As far as the tools um, that we use for designing, um, for outsourcing, Align Album Design is a great tool. It's a company that I started about three years ago and uh, you can find them at AlignAlbumDesign.com. And our focus is really on doing fast, affordable, and clean designs. And so we, uh, we have four business day turnaround. We, most of our album designs are done in two days. Um, that's kind of our internal goal that we have. And then we include three rounds of revisions um, in the cost of every design. Um, the cost is $8 per spread. So you can get a decent sized album for around $120 to $150 uh, as far as the design work goes. And that includes all of the client revisions. And we use um, album exposure for proofing. And so you can have your own branding on, the, on your proof. Your client doesn't even need to know that you're outsourcing, which is really great. Um, and we, you know, we include those three rounds of revisions so that way you as the photographer can – um, use one round to make it perfect for you um, to present to your client, and then you can pass on two more rounds to your to your clients. And, um, you know, we your clients can type their revisions right under each spread online and push the revise button, and that goes straight to, to your designer, and they'll make those changes within two business days and get it back to you. So that way, you kind of keep the train moving and you don't have any hang ups, you know, because inevitably it always seems like clients get the, their revisions back to you right when you have like a double header wedding weekend and you know, you don't have any time to get anything done um, because they're taking their time. And then when they have time, it's when you're busy, you know, mm-hmm. so that's where having, having somebody like a line is, is great because it'll keep your customer service going even when you're busy. Um, so, as far as outsourcing, a line album design is what I would recommend. Uh, for if you're going to do your design yourself in-house, um, the tool I recommend is Photo Junction. Um, it's a great uh, drag-and-drop tool, really easy to um, uh, to, to use and, and create designs. And then you can export those, you know, as layered PSDs, JPEGs, anything you need, um, and put those online for proofing for your clients.
0: Awesome. Brian, how do you, how does the design process work on your, and what's it look like in
2: your studio? Mm. So uh, you asked me after Melissa again, and so can you guess what my answer is going to be? <laughs> um, <Ditto. laughs> you okay. uh, know? Totally. So you know, we talked earlier about uh, we have to make it a. We have to make it easy for our clients, but b. We have to be able to convince them. Convince them is a sort of harsh word, but we have to be able to explain and, and create the value proposition for. Why they should go with us versus doing it something themselves. And if we're asking our clients, hey, Mr. Client, here's a thousand pictures. Send me your hundred favorites. Like, that's something that they could do themselves, and then take in. Just, you know? You know what I mean? If, if we're kind of like offloading that onto their plates, then really the only thing that we're bringing to the table is the printing of the photos and the the album. And I don't think that that's enough to justify what we need to charge for albums. And so I really think that we need to take that sort of onto our own shoulders and, again, continue that path of us being a consultant, of us being an advisor. If we can be their designer in this, then we can sort of influence the decisions that they're going to make. But also, like, listen, we're photographing the wedding for the album. I think that most of us um, have a better idea for how an album should flow in terms of how our photographs go into it then probably most of our clients would because we do this all the time like this is this is for me the wedding album is just a natural extension of the vision that i have for a couple on their wedding day and so it's so much easier for me just to kind of take that and start to go through the process as opposed to ask them to input on every single thing and so like Melissa we do a pre-design where we'll lay everything out ahead of time, send it over to them and then they can go ahead and make their swaps and changes just like Melissa said so um, that's the process that we go through I think that a lot of photographers struggle on that design end of things. I've, I've talked with hundreds and hundreds of photographers that are saying things like, it takes me eight hours to design an album or it takes me you know, a week or whatever. And again, we have to make it easier for our clients to buy. And so the quicker we can get that to them, the better. And if you're spending something like eight hours to design an album, you have to charge a lot of money in order to justify that price and that time that you're putting into it. And so I think for 90% of photographers, outsourcing to some, you know, someone like Align is perfect. Because it gets the album done, you can still have control of it, and you get a beautiful album made. And I actually think, as a quick side note, the idea of having a clean album design is so much more effective than cluttering it up with like overlays and designs and flourishes and all those kinds of things. I think we really should keep our albums timeless. And so I love that Align really focuses on that. So I think something like Align is like perfect for 90% of photographers. If you're that 10% that you want to kind of insource it or keep it in your own studio... Um, using something like a photo junction or a Fundy album design software is amazing. If you become effective at using those, you can usually get an album turned around in under an hour. So again, now you're making use of your time if you want to keep that into your own studio. Um, but again, you know, in terms of outsourcing, for something like $8 a spread, in, in comparison to what you're charging for an album, I just think you build that into your prices and get that off your shoulders so that you don't have to worry about it and get backlogged.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think we talked last week a little bit about pricing, pricing our services and figuring out what is your time worth. And we talked a lot about, you know, the value of outsourcing versus doing it in-house. And you really have to make that decision for yourself as far Mm as, is it going to be the best thing for your business? What can you do with that? You know, those eight hours that you were spending designing an album, you know, how could you use that time effectively? You could work on marketing your business. You could work on your vendor relations. You can work on maybe even take, a vacation? Uh, that's you know, a possibility. Uh, vacation? What's that? <laughs> I'm not sure. I've heard of this vacation. I'm, I don't know what it is, but I've heard of it. So, um, Awesome. So Those are some all uh, great tips and great advice, guys. Um, I think probably we want to wrap it up there. We could probably go on for Longer <laughs> on this topic. There's so much involved with, you know, with albums and things. But I think we'll we'll cut it off there just to be respectful of everybody's time. Um, so um, that's going to bring us to the end of another great episode of Twip Weddings. I really want to thank Melissa for coming on, and I hope we get to have you on again to talk about other topics.
1: Thank you, Bruce. It was my pleasure to be here. It's so fun.
0: So, where can people find you if they're looking for you online, or what do you have coming up in terms of any appearances or workshops or anything like that? This
1: is your chance to plug it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I am at melissajill.com. Um, I have a blog that I share a lot of information for photographers there, um, and then I am on Instagram pretty uh, regularly at melissa jill. And um, I will be speaking at WPPI on. Tuesday, March third at six thirty PM, about simplifying albums. So we'll be going into even more depth about some of the things we talked about today. If you're able to be there, I'd love to to chat with you and help you to really maximize your profit. We're going to talk about things like upselling and um, how to do that well, so that it's not you know done kind of shady <laughs> and and and. You know, show how you can um, really maximize the profit that you earn from each client rather than spending all of your time working towards getting new clients. Um, I think there's, there's a lot that can be done there. So I'm just taking the headache out of the album process, album production process.
0: Fantastic. And do you have any workshops coming up?
1: I'm taking a break from workshops this year. But to 2016, I should have something else coming out. So stay tuned for that.
0: Awesome.
2: Sounds good. Mr. Capricci, where can we find you these days? So in terms so you can find me online at sproutingphotographer.com or if you want to go to any of these social media networks, I'm always BCAPphoto, so BCap Photo, so B C A P Photo. If you're interested in diving a little bit deeper, because like you know Bruce said, we literally could spend probably twenty-four hours talking about these album topics. And so uh, I actually do have a four-part series that I wrote on sproutingphotographer.com Uh, One talking about how to sell an album to every bride, another talking about using sample albums as a sales tool, and then we talk about pricing mechanics and then pricing psychology. So it's a four-part series on pretty much everything to do with the business of albums. So if anyone wants to dig a little bit deeper into that, you can just go to spreadingphotographer.com and search for business of wedding wedding albums. And uh, in terms of appearances, uh, like I said earlier, I'm at Inspire Photo Retreats coming up in Portland in February. I'm speaking at WPPI uh, all about pricing on Wednesday morning. Um, I'm at Shutterfest coming up in April, and then in October I'm at Canada Photo Convention. How's where you can find me? Wow, you're, you're everywhere. <laughs> I... Keep him busy.
0: <laughs> awesome, good stuff. And if you're looking for me, um, you'll find me over at my website, which is momentsindigital.com, or on the interwebs, the various social network of choice: Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Bruce Clark, uh, Clark with an E. Um, I will also be at WPPi, but I'm not speaking. I'm not one of the cool kids. I just I'm going as an attendee for, for my first time, actually. So. Oh wow quite excited for that so that's going to be pretty fun and we'll actually get to you know hopefully see everybody there um, at WPPI and that brings us to the end of another episode of Twip Weddings raising the bar one wedding at a time